right, we'll continue in reading in your book. We're doing a good job. We're going to be in number 12 today, talking about number 12, Linger Near the Manger. Um, and as we get started, let me just uh, briefly review from last week, kind of the week before too. But you'll remember we said this, Jesus Christ did not come to impress us. He didn't come to impress us as a great teacher. He didn't come to impress us as a miracle worker. But he came to be with the ones that he loved. And that he loves. And that's us. We're the recipients of what he did when he came in the incarnation. When he put on flesh. When the word became flesh and dwelt among us. But he came to be with the ones that he loved. And when he wants, but, it, but more than that, he wants to move into our lives. He was here, he was present, of course. But he wants to move into our lives and to be with you and with me. He came to, to be your savior. But you have to make him your savior. You don't get him by just going to church. You don't get him by being in a Christian family. You get him by inviting him to be a part of your life, even as Jamie encouraged the kiddos. For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You've got to make that action to be able to say, God, I want you to be a part of my life. Jesus, I want you to be a part of my life. You know you came for me and but I need to have you in my life. If you haven't done that, do it today. Make Jesus a part of your life. Invite him to come in, for he stands at the door and knocks. As somebody remember, reminded me last week, that picture from Revelation 3.20, there is no doorknob on the outside of that door. It has to be open from the inside. We open it to him. He knocks. He says, I want to be a part of your life. But we have to open that door. Open that door today, my friend. Don't walk away from today without Jesus. He's right here. He wants to be a part of your life. We also said last week, when you invite Christ to be with you, He will come in and He will be in you. Not just to be with you, but, but He's actually in us through the Holy Spirit and His giving. He wants to be your Lord. Not just your Savior. But he wants to be the master, the director of your life. He wants to guide your life. We have to again say, Lord, I need you to do that. <clears throat> I want to want what you want, Lord. Let your desires be mine. I want to want what you want, Lord. Let your desires be mine. I want you to be the Lord of my life, the director, the master, the ruler of my life. In a loving way, as you are. And then we said, when he comes into our life, when we invite him to come into our life, he comes in and he's with us and he's also in us, but then he wants to come out of us. He wants us to reflect him. He wants to, for us to be salt, to, to see as Jesus sees, to act as Jesus acts, to, to love as Jesus loves, and to talk like Jesus talks. That he's in us, therefore we want him to come out of us that the world would see Jesus through us. So that's kind of last week, the first two weeks that we've gone through the message of the manger. But today, and as I think about this, this sermon, uh, you've probably all heard the announcements that come on the radio or the TV when you're listening to a program. We interrupt this program to bring this important public service announcement. Anybody ever heard anything like that before? <laughs> yeah, or, or maybe they say, we interrupt this program because we have breaking news. Or we interrupt this program because there's a weather, there's breaking weather that you need to know about. And 
be a part of, and you need to know about this. Um, we interrupt this program with this message from the emergency broadcast system, <laughs> right? If this had been an actual emergency, you would have been directed to go, right? Um, I don't know if we've ever had an actual emergency like that. I was reading about that. There was one in 1961, something like that. A guy put in the wrong tape. There really wasn't anything going on, but he put in the wrong one, and it took him like six tries to get it right. Like, you know, about three hours, four hours later, the country's in a turmoil, and they finally got it right that we made a mistake. We put in the wrong tape back in 1961. Uh, that was kind of hilarious to do that. Now, when these things come, and especially if we're listening to radio or watching TV or we're watching a football game and they interrupt it in the midst of it, right? I mean, my goodness, what are they thinking? Or, you know, they run those things across the bottom and you can't see what the score is, the scores of the other games, right? You know? Okay, some of you are kind of looking at each other like, okay, yeah, I've seen you get frustrated by that. I mean, now, we've got to be honest. That's, that's really a pretty minor interruption in life, isn't it? Yeah, pretty pretty minimal in our lives, but really and truly in our lives, there are some really, really major interruptions. You've been through them. I wrote down just a few of them. Job loss. The death of a loved one. Unexpected car repairs. Or, well, this would be unexpected, car accident. <laughs> Nobody expects that. It's an interruption into our life. A hacked bank account. Somebody told me this last week that their bank account got hacked. Man, that's a, that's a major, major, major interruption in life. A relationship that breaks up. Friendship that goes awry. Disappointing health news. Unkind words or action from a friend. A friend who deconstructs their faith. A challenge that seems impossible. A house issue. It's just so difficult to take care of and it's unexpected and you don't have the money maybe to be able to carry it through. Some have had a Job-like experience. Not a job-like experience, but a Job-like experience in their lives, etc., etc., etc. Life is full of interruptions. As Alicia challenged us last week in her kids' sermon, when those interruptions come, what spills out of us? When those interruptions come, what what spills out of us? I said last Sunday, when Christ moves into your life, He will never move out of your life. When Christ moves into your life, He will never move out of your life. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So when those interruptions come, He's always there. He's always there. When life jars us, He's always there, and, and He can come out of us if we let Him. You probably had some issues this last week. Things that came up, these interruptions, things you weren't planning on. And how did, how did you do? 
This morning was a frustrating day for Todd and for us getting things together. And I think I handled it fairly well, but I had to admit to a lot of frustration. I, they're just small interruptions, I know, compared to the things I've mentioned. But they're still important to what we do here. What comes out of us when those interruptions come? We're just going to look briefly at three major players in the Christmas event. And you know these people? They're just normal people. They're just normal people like you and me. And we're going to have, they're going to have life-changing interruptions in their lives. There's this young teenage girl who must have been so excited to be betrothed, to be engaged to Joseph, the carpenter's son. He's a good man, and he loves me. She and her mom are busy making plans for the big celebration. In the Jewish culture, we know that big celebration is like a week long. It's big. It's big time. And her plans change. Her plans did not include giving birth to the Son of God. got that from an article I read yesterday. Just like, okay, thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you for adding to my sermon. Her plans didn't include giving birth to the Son of God. And then Gabriel the angel appears. And he interrupts. And life changes big time. You can picture him saying, uh, I interrupt your life with this heavenly service announcement. You'll conceive in your womb. And bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And so she asks, as any woman, how will this be since I'm a virgin? I have not been with the man. This is not possible. Because I'm chaste, I'm holy, I'm pure. Joseph is my betrothed. We've been holy and pure in our relationship. How in the world is this going to happen? Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. You can just imagine, just picture what she's going through. This is not what I planned for. This is an interruption. Change of plans... Let me process this just for a moment. Mr. and Mrs. Joseph and Jesus? And then there's Joseph. Joseph worked a long day in the carpenter shop with his dad. And he's beat when he drags his weary body into bed. But all day long, he's had an even greater emotional weariness as he's been processing Mary's incredulous statement of being pregnant through the power of the Most High and carrying the Son of God. I mean, working's tough, but carrying this load, 
He's weary because he's thinking all day long. Where in the world did this come from? She's pregnant? Not for me. And so he says, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I'm going to have to divorce my dearly loved Mary quietly because I don't want to shame or embarrass her. So that night he can't wait to get some shut eye. And boom, like most men, he's asleep moments after his head hits the pillow. (laughs) And just when he's got it all figured out, this is what I need to do. I love her so much, but I am not going to embarrass her. I'm not going to shame her. Just when he gets it all figured out, in the middle of the night, in his dreams, an angel appears to him. I interrupt your life with this heavenly service announcement. <laughs> Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For what? He will save his people from their sins. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now you can imagine in the middle of the night, in the middle of his sleep, this angel appears in a dream and in a vision, and you can imagine him as he's trying to process it. Let me let me get this straight. Mr. and Mrs. Joseph and Jesus? What? What? That just doesn't make sense. Mr. and Mrs. Joseph and and Jesus? And then they're the the shepherds. Mr. Lakato in his very humorous style. I'd love to be able to read them. God tapped humanity on its collective shoulder. Pardon me, he said. And eternity interrupted time. Divinity interrupted carnality. And heaven interrupted the earth in the form of a baby. Christianity was born in one big heavenly interruption. Christianity was born in one big heavenly interruption. Just ask the Bethlehem shepherds. We know so little about these men, their names, their ages. How many were on duty that night? We don't know. But this much we can safely assume. They had no expectations of excitement. These are sheep they're watching. We count sheep to go to sleep. (laughs) Besides this, this is the night shift. Might as well watch paint dry. Shepherds watching sheep sleep. Saying that sentence is more exciting than doing their job. Their greatest challenge was what? Staying awake. These men expected no excitement, nor did they want any. Any excitement was bad excitement. Wolves, mountain lions, poachers. Shepherds treasured the predictable. They coveted the calm. 
Their singular aim was to be able to tell their wives, nothing happened last night. And in the middle of that night, another angel appears and says, I've got a heavenly service announcement for you. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. Don't be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Now in each of these heavenly interruptions to Mary and to Joseph and to the shepherds, we see that they all obediently said, Yes, Lord, yes. Every one of them said, Yes, Lord, yes. To a surprising and unexpected change of plans for their lives. As Max Licato puts it, they lingered near the manger. Because I think they'd say this. For this, we have Jesus. For this interruption, this change of plans, we have Jesus. Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. What you've told me. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. I'm going to linger near you as we take this surprising and unexpected interruption together. And we know literally Mary did linger near the manger after the birth of Jesus as it says in Luke 2.19. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Can you imagine that? All that she's been through, and she gives birth. And we know birth is hard. But then there's that, that moment, the realization that, what pain? Okay, now I've never had a baby, so I can't tell you this. Okay. But there, there's this change that happens, right? There's this change that happens. I have this child in my arms. I have this child in my arms. The beauty of this birth and this child in my arms. Thank you, Lord. And then there's Joseph. In the same way. It says in Matthew 1, when Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. 
Yes, Lord, yes. I'm going to linger near you as we take on the surprising and unexpected interruption together. He'd be a good one to get to know in heaven. He'd be a good one to get to know in heaven. And the shepherds. When the angels went away from them, it says in Luke 2, and they went back to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go get coffee somewhere. No, they didn't say that. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. Let's get going. Let's go. We got to see this. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. What was that saying? You're going to see today in the city of David. The Savior is born, Christ the Lord. They made known that to the people that were around them. The shepherds run to the manger to linger near it. Literally. Yes, Lord, yes. Yes, Lord, yes. We're going to linger near you as we take on this surprising and unexpected interruption together. So a couple questions just to close for kids come and sing for us. How might you better linger near the manger this Christmas season? How might you and I linger, better linger, near the manger this Christmas season? With everything that's going on, how can we better linger near the manger, linger near Jesus? I've given some thoughts there. You could take the time to read the biblical Christmas stories throughout the week. I know I haven't opened my Bible, but I've quoted the Bible for you this morning. They're there. We went through them last week. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The story is how they present Christ and His birth among us. You could keep reading the book and you could share it with a friend. Things you're reading from here. Share it with your spouse or your kids, your friends. Share the things that are there. We could just keep practicing thanks living. I thank the Lord for His gracious gift that God sent. He loved us so much that He sent His only Son to be a part of our lives. You could work on practicing the 31 days of kindness activities and share your stories with me. I hope this shares the stories I've shared today would encourage you and it would encourage me to, to be a little bit more priority-wise in getting those done. God, today, would you help me to be intentional about caring for somebody and sharing the kindness of the Lord Jesus Christ with them? Maybe you could give a sacrificial Jesus gift. That's what we call a Jesus gift in our family. A sacrificial gift to, to the Lord in some way, maybe to a ministry, even a majestic, or to somebody who has need. It really has need, and you could take care of that in the name of Jesus and to the glory of Jesus. It is his birthday. We 
be good to give a gift in his name. Even probably right now, you're thinking about, oh, I, that would be good to do that. And I thought about it in our first, first children's sermon, practicing Ephesians 4.32. Be ye kind, one to another, tenderhearted, and forgiving one another as God in Christ's sake has forgiven us. Maybe that's your project to be able to use in this next week or two. Somebody that you need to forgive and let go of that grudge and let go of that hurt. Yeah, it hurts. I've been there, done that. We all know that. It's time to let it go and express kindness to those individuals. And lastly, my my last question, how might you better respond to the interruptions the Lord allows or even initiates in your life. Mary and Joseph and the shepherds know that God initiated those interruptions in their lives, those change of plans. Like Mary and Joseph and the shepherds, might we respond with obedience and trust? Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. I'll do what you've asked me to do. Or like Jesus in the garden, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but what? Yours be done. Or like Paul, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When those interruptions come, that we say, God, this is not what I planned. I understand you're allowing it. I understand you're even initiating my life. But, Father, would you help me to depend on you, help me to linger near the manger, near you. And I can get through this with your help. I need your help. Or to remember Romans 8, 28, where God works for good. All things together for good, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Lord, I don't understand this. I'm sure Mary and Joseph are going, I don't understand this at all. The shepherds had a pretty easy interruption in their life, to be honest, right? <laughs> but Mary and Joseph had to carry this through through their life. And Lord, you, you, you're going to work good in whatever this situation is. I know that you can work good out of it if I'm just willing to say yes to you. And as Paul said in another place, as he fought through that thorn in the flesh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, your grace is sufficient for me. Your grace is sufficient for me. Even if you want me to go through this, your grace will carry me through. See, when your life gets interrupted, and it will, probably in the next hour, just that way. Change of plans. Not going to go exactly the way we planned it out. Let's turn to the Lord and with His help turn the interruptions into opportunities. And maybe we'd say this. For this, I have Jesus. For this obstacle, for this interruption, for this change of plans, If Jesus is a part of your life, guess what? He's not moving out. He's going to walk right there with you and be a part of your life. So in the midst of it, maybe we just say, 
this, I have Jesus. Thank you. Father, thank you so much for the example of Mary and Joseph, the shepherds. I'm not good with interruptions. I pray that there be a more willing spirit to say, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. To say, Yes, Lord, yes. To see it as an opportunity rather than how I normally see it. And I pray for my friends here. I know this week you're going to give us opportunities to have interruptions. We want Jesus to spill out of us. Because for this, we have Jesus. Thank you for walking alongside us. We need your help.